Hi and welcome everyone to CRM Rocks. This podcast will be about the state of dynamic CRM. With me today I have Jukka Niranen. Jukka works as a CRM consultant at Digital Illustrated in Finland and a Microsoft MFP for CRM. He has 10 years of experience from Microsoft Dynamic CRM and has been writing his surviving CRM blog ever since the days of CRM free. Welcome Jukka Niranen. Hello Marcus, thanks for having me. Or should I say welcome back? This is the third time already. Yeah, let's hope third time is a charm then. Yeah. So how are you doing? Doing great. Keeping busy with uh all the customer work and especially then all the new features that keep rolling out in the uh, Microsoft Dynamics world, so to say. All the new products and upcoming releases are keeping all of us busy, I think. As a consultant, who who do you see as your customer? Well, if you look at our, our customer base, then I mean, uh, the uh, organizations that we work for really tend to, tend to be the ones who are sort of... Uh, uh, try to get the uh, most benefit out of the latest uh, cloud platforms. So they might be still using on-premises versions, but they kind of like uh, are seeing that uh, they need to uh, uh, get in line with the uh, the new world of uh, cloud services and uh, rapid release cadences and consuming sort of uh, services rather than installing products into their own servers. So people who are kind of in the middle of that kind of transformation, then they are the ones who we mostly work with at Digital Illustrated. Is it often that you see that it's like the end user who are your customer or is it like IT or do you see that your customer is someone within your organization? If you think about a, a CRM project implementations or upgrades and so on or development work, then uh, if you only have the uh, the IT there as your customer, the one who pays a bill, then uh, it's unlikely that it's going to be a very, uh, very big business impact uh, from that project to the organization. Uh, so uh, we really do always try and like find the the business owners and also then uh, the the champions in the organization there who kind of see the need for change, but they're not and are looking for uh, people who can then uh, give them the right tools for uh, making those things happen in the in their business processes. So uh, I think that's uh, and at the same time they need to be uh, sort of uh, in touch with what the uh, what the information workers in their organization are doing. So not just looking at the very high-level uh, sort of directors who are uh, just like uh, sort of consume reports, but rather people who are in the middle who want to make the uh, processes more efficient for themselves, uh, for their uh, subordinates, and also for reporting up to the management. So I think that's sort of the sweet spot there for uh, the uh, kind of customer context to be working with in dynamic Serum projects. All right, that's always good to hear. So let's dive into this episode here. And I I would like to start with you about the update cadence. I mean, there is is so much news and there is so little time. It's starting almost to, to get a little bit scary here. What do you think? Well, in a way, isn't this what we've always hoped for? I mean, uh, back in the days when it was uh, three years to the next version and then you found some, let's say, uh, gaps in the products or uh, 
bugs or just uh, lack of like proper solutions, then you always had to test CDAL for many years and hope for Microsoft to then uh, improve the functionality in the next version. But now it's a very uh, different in a way because uh, there's uh, new stuff coming well, every half a year or even faster if you're in, in the online uh, environment. So uh, uh, in, in a sense, it's turning into a uh, sort of a, uh, uh, a an evergreen service that's, uh, and also a service that's very much uh, uh, integrated and aligned with uh, the rest of the productivity tools that Microsoft delivers. So it's not only CRM anymore. And when you look at it from that perspective, then it's always going to be... Uh, an even bigger field to like uh, be aware of all the other uh, products like uh, Office and uh, SharePoint and uh, Exchange and OneNote and so on. So uh, you really need to like uh, grasp a much bigger area because of the fact that these new services uh, integrate so well with one another and also are so interdependent nowadays. So the current version now is CRM 2015 and the latest update is called update one. So what is the what are the big new updates here? I'd say that uh, because of the fact also that this is an online only release, so it's not available for the on-prem customers. So the focus here really has been on the uh, improving the Office 365 integrations. And uh, if I think about features that I've found uh, most valuable either for myself or when I'm uh, demonstrating the new version to existing or potential customers, then, for example, the way that uh, Excel is now fully embedded into the UI, so you can take any view in CRM and like just open it up in a uh, uh, fully editable uh, grid in a uh, browser with Excel, Excel online, and then perform your changes and then uh, commit the changes back into CRM. I mean, that's uh, we're almost at the level of having a... a uh, full uh, editable grid inside CRM products. Uh, so I think that's a example of a uh, big productivity boost that uh, almost every user will uh, find use cases for that kind of feature. That, that is uh, really good. I mean, there are products out there that do these editable grids and uh, I've liked them a lot. So I'm I'm betting that I will like this update here too. But there were like some fixed formats also when you export to uh, Excel, right? Yeah, I mean, that's also another interesting topic that has been uh, also improved here. So, for instance, the limits to export uh, rows has now been increased from the 10,000 to I think it was 100,000 rows. And uh, also you get all the uh, rights, uh, uh, the uh, field formats based on what you've de- defined them in, in CRM. So that's a... Uh, uh, they've uh, kind of let go of the old formats of Excel 2003 there and made the feature really uh, really uh, seamless in a way, getting from CRM to Excel and back again. And, uh, and I think about other uh, these sort of productivity tools that people use, then OneNote is very common nowadays because it's part of all the Office packages now and found on all the mobile devices. So also getting that as an integrated feature into CRM and like being able to then... Uh, embed your uh, notes on customer meetings, for example, into CRM, then I think that's also a very uh, obvious uh, benefit for all CRM using customers. Does it open up like a a new section in in the account form or where do they show up? It's actually there uh, in the uh, 
middle of the form or so on the social pane there. So where the old notes used to be, now there's going to be a new OneNote tab there alongside that. And that will then give you a link to the actual uh, uh, the OneNote notebook that you have there. And the interesting thing here is that they actually leverage the uh, already existing uh, SharePoint document location integrations there. So it works exactly the same way and uh, has the uses the same uh, locations for storing the uh, OneNote, but then of course it has also the, the same limitations there. So uh, it's not that easy to like link whatever notes you would have in uh, some other locations. It needs to be exactly in that uh, in that folder in the document location that you configured for SharePoint and your CRM customer account, for example. But then it also means that it doesn't use CRM for storing documents, which is which it isn't very good at. Exactly. So OneNote is very uh, unstructured data. And as we know, I mean, CRM is great for structured information, uh, fields and uh, like views and advanced fine and these kind of things. But if you really want to have unstructured content and collaborate on that, then uh, CRM is not the place for that. But uh, it's also interesting, a new preview feature there that integrates with the uh, Office 365 cloud offering. And that's the uh, Office Groups integration, which it's only in preview right now, but uh, that actually allows you to really start uh, blending that uh, sort of uh, the collaboration uh, of between team members and showing that inside the uh, CRM. So, for example, if you would open up your uh, key account record in CRM, then there's a way for you to navigate to the corresponding Office Group that's uh, uh, stored in the cloud and from there you can then get to like shared calendars with the teams or see a uh, discussion uh, forum there or a OneDrive uh, document locations and uh, team memberships so uh, it also makes it possible to like then uh, show some of the information regarding that discussion to users who might not even have CRM licenses so really nicely kind of uh, gives us uh, ways for linking that uh, that sort of uh, unstructured document or discussion-driven uh, content back into CRM, which of, of course should also be uh, aware of what's happening outside there, not just uh, the uh, the activities or things that you're tracking from Outlook, but all the other uh, information that's being shared across uh, the teams that might be working on big accounts or big uh, sales projects, for example. Trying to sort out a little bit, because Microsoft CRM has gone through a couple of these activity tools in CRM first there was something called like activity feeds right with mm-hmm. the with some extension that you added into that so you could like and comment and then you had a yammer integration and now office groups right yeah so are there like a conversion path or upgrade path or is it just a throw out out the old and I do the new stuff or how does that work? Right now it's a a big question mark about what's actually going to be then sort of uh, is are some features going to be phased out or not and for example will then groups also overtake some of the stuff that's currently going on in Yammer because you also have groups in Yammer and uh, that's again it's a discussion that goes then much beyond CRM so uh, what's going to be the strategic way for like uh, Microsoft to also uh, challenge some uh, uh, new upcoming tools like Slack for example which is uh, very much a uh, sort of a group collaboration or discussion tool that's very big in some markets right now so I think that they are very 
aggressively looking at what's go going on in, in terms of innovation outside and then uh, adapting their offerings or launching new products or even acquiring products if needed. So uh, that's going to be a very, I'm sure this, it will keep on evolving at, at least as fast as it has right now. And these alternatives or ways of doing things are going to be, well, you'll need to just be able to like pick the right tool rather than like uh, just focusing on one single way to uh, collaborate in the context of uh, CRM uh, customer accounts, for example. Ah, I mean, that, and that make, makes you the power of choice, right? You can pick any of these and they're not mutually exclusive, but almost. You you don't use all three, you use either one of them. Exactly. So there's good scenarios for each of these uh, uh, options there. And uh, it's going to really be about what fits then the... Uh, the use cases of the organizations when you look at it, the world also outside of CRM. So uh, uh, again, it's just a question of like uh, that. The great thing there is that uh, the integration to CRM has been um, become available so quickly there. So we don't have to like now wait for one or two years for the next big version to come out, but rather we can get the start using the preview versions uh, almost from day one and like then gathering uh, some experience from that and. Um, working in a very agile way, sort of like seeing what works and then uh, using that and developing further. And then if new things come up, then changing the tools to the ones that are, again, serving the best purpose at that moment. All right. And talking about Office 365 here, and Outlook is a part of that, right? And and how does Outlook and, and Mail and Calendar work with CRM today? Well, there's also big changes going on there because, uh, I mean, Microsoft has been promising the uh, the OVA or sort of uh, the web client of Outlook nowadays called, I think, Outlook for the web. They also changed that name recently. So uh, integration to, to ZM Records without having a local uh, Outlook uh, PC application installed. And it's been a really long time coming, but now we've seen then the, uh, with the update one release, there's a preview version of this uh, browser-based Outlook app there that's uh, delivered via Exchange Online. And uh, it's really a remit preview right now because you can only use it in the U.S. for for now. So that's going to be coming more widely available in the uh, in the next uh, major release. But uh, it does really like answer now to the, the whole uh, uh, mobility challenge there because uh, so, so few, few of the devices that we work on nowadays are uh, PC laptops anymore and that's what the traditional Outlook was born into that world so uh, Outlook as a, as a brand and as a product is uh, that's uh, alive and kicking and they're doing great stuff, job with the uh, with uh, both the browser and the mobile versions there but uh, so the I think the traditional P, uh, PC Outlook client for CRM the development work on that's probably going to be uh, pretty much phased out and all the efforts is going to be on these new uh, Outlook apps that are available on all the platforms that people are using. And all these releases here now, they are on the cloud, right? Yes, so the update one was a, uh, it was actually, I think, the first uh, true uh, kind of minor version upgrade that didn't have any counterpart in on-prem world. You could say that the sort of Polaris version back in the days before CRM 2013, when the whole new... uh, Process UI was launched, and that was in preview in the online as well. So that's maybe the earlier example of such online releases. But uh, this is going to be now the uh, 
the way forward. So uh, how how Microsoft has communicated is that there's going to be uh, one major up version upgrade for both on-prem and online per year, but then there's going to be one minor version for online only. So And that's what the uh, spring release, meaning the CRM 2015 update one, that was a uh, minor version, and you're not going to ever get a version like that in on-prem in, anymore. So you have to wait for the uh, next uh, major version, the 2016 release to come out to get them the same features. So that means that Microsoft is moving cloud first in CRM here, even though they have said this earlier. Yeah, and I mean, uh, it's uh, we still have lots of uh, existing customer pay- base in the on-prem world, and although uh, new customers are, well, I mean, most of them are going to online for uh, obvious benefits, uh, not just the... Uh, release cadence, but also then the, the cost benefits there. But uh, so uh, I'm sure that this does then uh, cause some concern in, in, with these uh, on-prem customers that, I mean, is Microsoft now forcing them to go to the cloud? But uh, if, if you really look at it uh, from the uh, product development perspective, then uh, it's I don't think that the uh, main reason there is that they just rather have everything hosted by themselves for the uh, sort of licensing reasons, but but it also gives the uh, product development team so much more flexibility to like uh, uh, build new features and roll them out incrementally because uh, if they are, for example, now combining the CRM features with some uh, other cloud services from Microsoft, so for example, Office Groups one, so uh, they could uh, actually never really uh, package that into a... Uh, a product or a feature that would be identical also for the on-prem customers. And it would also take lots and lots more time for them to like achieve that same level that they could like deploy it into 10,000 environments rather than just 10 environments if you think about the uh, CRM online in a data center perspective. So the agility there is uh, sort of the rapid release cadence is also kind of a, uh, it's a result of what they can do when when they're in the cloud and when they can tap into the other cloud services that are being developed uh, in, at Microsoft in, in different product teams. And and that brings us to the next topic that see, and that Microsoft is doing some organization change within Microsoft themselves and dynamic CRM has now moved or how is that? Yeah, so there was a, uh, a big change um, announced there before the summer holiday season. So uh, previously, uh, uh, Dynamics CRM and Dynamics ERP, they were part of this uh, Microsoft Business Solutions uh, uh, organization there. And uh, it was, uh, if you look at it from a historical perspective, then uh, uh, because all of the ERP products that Microsoft has, they have been bought from outside. So uh, they've actually kind of, uh, that, that whole organization was built on top of the uh, the legacy from those uh, acquisitions and uh, also probably due to the kind of uh, the different uh, channel partner models that had to be uh, leveraged there in the in the world of ERP and also to some extent CRM because uh, when they were these uh, on-premises projects and uh, sort of uh, traditional enterprise de- deployments, then um, what you needed there was uh, from, I mean, both... Uh, sales and marketing and support perspective, it was very different than, for example, what you had with uh, with Office products. And uh, so it was a kind of a silo of their own. But uh, uh, now then with this change, uh, 
Microsoft has uh, communicated that they really now want to sort of mainstream the uh, dynamic Syrian product. So uh, it means that uh, there will not then be any more uh, a separate marketing team, for example, just for the Dynamics products, but rather it's going to be the same uh, uh, CMO that, that is uh, in charge of marketing of CRM and uh, Office and Windows and so on. So all under the same uh, same big group of marketing resources and the same same for sales as well. So I think that's, uh, in that sense, uh, CRM is moving into a... Uh, from a smaller uh, silo into a bigger organization and Microsoft, and I think that's going to be surely mostly a positive outcome for us from that change. And Azure is in that same silo also, right? Yes, so actually now uh, the uh, product development team for DynamicSIM is going to be under this uh, cloud and enterprise unit there, and uh, that's led by uh, Scott Guthrie that I'm sure many .NET developers are familiar with. So uh, uh, that's really uh, probably one of the uh, the most uh, visible teams right now out there at Microsoft because of the fact that how they are building the uh, all the different Azure capabilities and services. And uh, I mean, if we think about that, if the, the pace of releases for Xero is fast now, then just look at like products like uh, Power BI, for example, that's also part of the C plus E organization, so they have releases like almost every week now. So uh, it's a really uh, very dynamic uh, place to be for CRM as well in that sense. Uh, so uh, I'm expecting that it should, I mean, uh, even increase the pace at which we can see then new innovation coming into dynamic CRM product. And that makes sense if you're going to have a cloud-first mentality in dynamic CRM that you put it under the same roof as Azure, which is their whole cloud platform. Exactly, yes. So there's, uh, so, I mean, CRM, the way that it's not known as being used by customers and bought and deployed by partners, then uh, it's so far away from that uh, old kind of ERP project uh, template. So uh, uh, if you would then rather look at CRM as, well, in a way, just one of the services from the cloud uh, alongside all the other Azure components, then I mean, then you can really start thinking about how to then combine those things into uh, uh, bigger solutions for uh, real uh, uh, business processes for customers. If you think about how you could connect them, for example, to the existing analytics services, the data warehouses that they have there, so leveraging all the SQL Server uh, uh, features and uh, capabilities, uh, and uh, and also then if we really go down into the uh, level of the actual uh, uh, production devices, how, how do people, how do uh, uh, corporations deliver services, and what kind of uh, gadgets they use as part of that? Then, of course, the whole Internet of Things trends are also very much in, in the focus of the uh, the Azure uh, team there. So they are building lots and lots of very interesting new interfaces and services for capturing the huge amount of data that's coming from these kind of devices there. So uh, if you now then think about could CRM have a role in in somehow uh, sort of surfacing that information or then even controlling some business processes uh, based on data that you're going to get from these IoT devices. So for example, if you have sensors in your your product that you deliver to your customer and then based on the uh, data that's streaming into your Azure cloud, you could get some 
notification there, for example, that there should now be a, a new service case opened for this customer and we need to do some maintenance there, then that, of course, would be a great use case for having dynamic CRM there as the front end for the business process that's actually triggered by all the uh, other uh, data and uh, sensors that uh, are controlled by the, the big cloud that uh, drives all these different parts of that uh, business process for the customer. That sounds really cool. I'm a bit on the technical side, so I dig down a lot. Do you know if there is in a, any real case scenario for that now, or is, is this uh, the upcoming things? Well, I think that uh, this new organization is going to definitely help the Microsoft then like maybe shortening the uh, uh, path from the uh, release of, of a new Azure service into actually uh, getting a uh, success story then written and published for the implementation because uh, I think in a way that, the, well, I don't not, not working with uh, the Azure tools on a day-to-day -day basis, but if I look at that huge stack of products that they have there in the uh, Microsoft Data Platform, then it's uh, it looks very technical, uh, and it's not something that could really, I mean, talk to the uh, the business users. Uh, so someone needs to be there to like uh, explain to them the uh, customer via example deployments about how then we could connect these different services together, and uh, the business users are never going to want to log into any uh, Azure portals, but they of course would be probably using Outlook and then using a CRM that's integrated into that. So that would be the, how they will then like uh, get in, get into that, uh, be a part of that process that's maybe orchestrated by all the different Azure services. So I think that's uh, in a way CRM is the missing piece for like making those uh, uh, real life uh, cases uh, to be uh, something that's easier to sell to customers and easier to build quickly some proof of concepts that will then demonstrate the true potential of those uh, uh, new uh, new services in Azure. And talking about Outlook, I mean, Dynamic CRM have always been a little bit behind Office family and try to to mimic their menus and the Office button and and the ribbon. Now, um, do you feel do you see that going forward also? Well, if you think about the organization structure, then uh, the Cloud and Enterprise is a different unit compared to the, the Office unit at Microsoft. So uh, in that sense, they are still uh, kind of uh, apart. If you look at the product development teams, they are not under the same same management there at Microsoft. Uh, and uh, in a way, that's a bit funny because if we look at how CRM Online is now then uh, delivered as a service uh, from Office 365, then it's managed by that uh, th that portal and the same billing systems and um, and if you look at uh, then, uh, I mean, the integration points within the latest uh, update one version, then uh, they are really tapping into so many uh, applications in addition to Outlook nowadays with all the Excel and uh, OneNote and SharePoint and so on. So uh, in a way, they uh, they really need to be, uh, I mean, more connected with the development teams there than ever. And uh, it's probably going to be... Uh, I mean, uh, we've seen some really positive uh, uh, changes now they're taking place. So when we see that, for example, these new features like Office Groups, that they are integrated with Dynamic Serum right from the start and not only then after one or two years, I think the uh, collaboration there between those teams is working uh, a lot better than it used to. And 
maybe also one reason there is that um, many of the uh, things that uh, are being built there in the office team now they are they're more uh, sort of focused on uh, end user applications rather than uh, platforms like they maybe used to be back in the back in the days. So if you think about, for example, SharePoint, then uh, that used to be a, a similar kind of a uh, business application platform than than Dynamic CRM. But uh, nowadays, uh, really, if you use SharePoint uh, from the cloud, from Office 365, then it's really just a uh, collection of services there rather than a platform that you would then actively develop or customize. So in that sense, I think that uh, the uh, sort of the uh, role of that uh, a uh, business application platform is also it's now more naturally falls under the uh, under CRM and of course I mean XRM as a concept uh, is still exists there and uh, we've seen lots of uh, of course the uh, in dynamic CRM world we've seen this uh, the user interface and user experience being uh, polished a lot more in the new versions and having like this more sort of ready to deploy features in, in the product but uh, also at the same time the the solution framework is is moving forward, and there's going to be some interesting updates there also in the next uh, 2016 version of CRM on the platform side. So I think the roles might be more clear now than they used to be a few years ago between Office and the Dynamics CRM teams from the product development perspective. Moving forward here and looking at the the big the big rumor that has been talking about the, the Microsoft and, and Salesforce then. Yeah, that's also a, if we think about what has been changing in the in the world of Dynamics CRM, then of course, uh, uh, I mean, cloud is a big big uh, driver now in how the product is developed at Microsoft, and then also this the collaboration with the other internal teams is a lot better. But the really sort of uh, kind of uh, un, unfamiliar territory for many people has been how Microsoft is now then also partnering up with. Uh, the people that they used to be view as only competitors, and uh, from the uh, from the CRM world, of course, I mean Salesforce in terms of market share globally, they are the uh, the number one, and uh, it's the uh, it's uh, the, the product that's uh, traditionally Microsoft has tried to uh, compete against uh, by all means available, and uh, so if we think about the all the uh, competitive messaging that has come out from both companies during the past few years, then if we now look at them about what's, uh, how they are presenting themselves in uh, in the public media, in, uh, like uh, complementing each other's products and also appearing in others each other's uh, conferences, then that's uh, really a whole new world. Yeah, I mean, that that has been impossible before, but that also plays into a sort of a bigger story, right? If you try to find CRM on the new platforms? Yeah, I think uh, if we compare this to what's been happening, for example, in the uh, in the uh, mobile device uh, divisions, then uh, we've already seen that, uh, I mean, uh, Microsoft hasn't been, uh, for a long time now, they haven't been focused only on their own Windows uh, devices, but we've seen that actually now they've been releasing the very latest uh, applications and versions first to the competing platforms, first to iOS and Android, and only later on to Windows Phone. And that's been, a, uh, of course, a big, really big shift as well in terms of the strategy, how they, uh, I mean, uh, how they see these uh, 
other companies as sort of a, uh, an avenue for potential growth in the service consumption of their other products like Office, for example. So uh, that's really the reason that why, for example, now when Apple announced the uh, iPad Pro, which of course is very much inspired by the Microsoft Surface tablet that came out already three years before iPad Pro, but uh, having then the uh, a director from Microsoft there presenting the uh, Office applications as the first app that was shown on the big screen of the iPad Pro, then, I mean, uh, it, it's not only uh, sort of Microsoft then uh, kind of uh, adapting to this uh, new world or admitting defeat in, in a way, but rather like then looking at ways to like what are then the shortcomings of these uh, competitors and how could they then be there complementing that service offering and then as a result being able to then push other products into a larger share of users. So if we think about like iOS, then of course they are very big on the mobile market and Salesforce is big on the uh, uh, cloud business applications market. So uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it's, I'm sure that Microsoft will get more revenue as a result in total from being able to partner with them rather than just saying that uh, we don't want to play with you at all. You skipped over that that whole the rumor that buying Salesforce would that have made sense in your mind? Yeah, I mean that was a very interesting period uh, there in the spring when these uh, rumors about the potential offer for the acquisition of Salesforce was um, was uh, announced in the uh, in the media, and uh, there was plenty of speculation about who could the potential buyer be. And of course, there's I mean companies like well, IBM, Oracle, or SAP, I mean, they were some of the candidates there. But then I, I guess they, we pretty much now know that it was uh, Microsoft that was uh, in the detailed discussions with with Benioff about uh, potentially acquiring Salesforce. And, uh, of course, I mean, if we uh, we as uh, Diamond Serum consultants look at uh, what would be the uh, sort of benefit of buying a another uh, platform that has uh, so similar features there for you to build your uh, CRM and other business applications uh, and also then all the uh, analytics and all these uh, and marketing and other functionalities. So uh, there will be so much overlap there that, I mean, just from a uh, uh, from a platform perspective, it wouldn't really make any sense at all to have uh, have so these two different product lines under the same company. But uh, really, if you then... Uh, if you take away your serum glasses and look at it from a uh, sort of a uh, market position uh, point of view and like to think about all the cross-sell opportunities about uh, how many more new uh, customer organizations could Microsoft actually ha- have acquired by acquiring Salesforce, uh, the company. So getting into then the C-suites of all the big companies that are then uh, heavy users of Salesforce, then uh, yeah, I mean, the uh, potential revenue probably was, was there, but... Uh, of course, we know now that the the rumored uh, fifty five billion wasn't uh, nearly enough uh, for Salesforce. So uh, it would have been really, really expensive, of course, to make the acquisition. And uh, I'm not sure if you think about it, especially how there's been lots of turmoil about the how Microsoft acquired Nokia and how they've had to then write down much of the money that they got from it. Then uh, would they have been? Re- would the shareholders be willing to like make another similar big acquisition uh, there and uh, pay so, so much more money for a c- company that's 
also not uh, actually producing much revenue at the moment. So Salesforce is big in market share, but not and revenue, but not in actual profits. So uh, yeah, I think that uh, it wouldn't uh, have made financial sense with those terms for Microsoft either at this moment. But of course, I mean, we never know. It could be one or more two years, and they have the same discussion and end up agreeing with with the purchase. So. It's a strange world and strange things have happened. So we have to keep an eye on also the other platforms there when working with, with the Serum product from Microsoft. Yeah, and I think that eliminating all competitors will just make you stale and not move as much because yeah, you're number one. You're, nobody's even close. I mean, is competition good in your view? Well, I think that uh, it's... Uh, if we look at uh, the uh, changes that the sort of uh, big old players like uh, SAP and Oracle in the Serum space have had to do, then uh, I mean they would have uh, never probably pushed for the uh, this cloud delivery model and this rapid release uh, cadence uh, in the same way, unless there would have been Salesforce as the market leader and with that concept and sort of showing the new way of how things can be applied also in the in the enterprise. So definitely, I think that's uh, it's always healthy that there's some disruption in the market. And uh, if you think about the sort of leading products there in the Syrian space, then uh, most of these uh, are already sort of fairly mature products. So they all have the same kind of basic capabilities in the platform. So that now ends up that we need to look into more details about what's really the difference between this product when when customers are comparing the options there. And uh, I think that uh, it really does force the product development teams to like keep a very close eye on what the the other guys are doing and then think about, okay, how could we actually uh, at least make sure that we have the same features there, but that we do it in an even smarter way. And uh, if we now look at, for example, how the uh, Salesforce announced their brand new user interface, the Lightning UI, just a a few weeks ago, and uh, comparing that to, for example, a product like Dynamic CRM that uh, introduced these process flow UIs already some years ago, then uh, if you don't see any resemblance in the uh, the user interfaces, then I think you should get uh, better eyeglasses for yourself because it's obvious that... uh, inspiration has come from uh, other products when you, they have designed this new user interface. And But I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, it's just uh, sort of uh, proving that uh, Microsoft has also been innovative in that space and like pushing it forward with with their offering because they've also had to. They have to change the market share and like try and gain, gain more users from the other big players, established CRM players in the market. Yeah, and that ties back to iPad Pro and that's always that was also a uh yeah three years ago they developed and released Surface and in CRM they did these processes and I think it's that's the biggest compliment that you can get that someone is copying you exactly so uh, like for example when the iPhone came out came out then uh, uh, Bolmer was saying that, uh, that it's never going to gain any market share in the enterprise because it doesn't have a keyboard. And well, now he was obviously proving wrong. And now they they are doing products that are exactly, uh, in a way, li- like the iPhone, if you look at it from a high level. And I think that's uh, kind of how the technology market works. I mean, you, there's uh, 
no truth out there that will be forever true in this market. So it will always keep on changing and whatever kind of uh, position you have with your sort of uh, vision that you establish and fine tune then uh, might be a few years or might be a decade, but sooner or later you'll you'll be proven wrong and uh, you might have been right at that time, but uh, because the uh, pace of innovation and change is so fast right now, then I mean, uh, everybody has to keep on their toes and like look at what's going to happen and uh, what's going to be their iPhone, so to say, what's going to come out and kill the market from underneath them. Yeah, that ties back to an old statement. I think it was Bill Gates, right? No one will ever need this or that much of a RAM in a computer. That will never happen. Or no one would ever use need to have a PC at their home or there will be market for like 10 computers in the world. So all of yeah. these things probably have been very well justified back in the days when these uh, professionals have made the statements. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, uh, you always uh, need to find the guy who's going to be then challenging those uh, those sort of statements and like then, well, doing things in a different way and keeping on trying to do it, even though they're not the sort of maybe market leader now, but it's so, uh, so easy to like... Uh, uh, I mean, launch things globally nowadays when everything is just in the cloud and it's it, bits and services that uh, also, I mean, other companies can build on top of these uh, platforms like Azure. They don't have to like build everything themselves. So uh, the time it takes for you to establish a, 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 a company that has a, a global service that they can offer and like then even uh, dethrone the current kings of uh, enterprise software or uh, mobile devices, then that time is very short nowadays. All right. So Microsoft is playing nice with others like Salesforce, but are they playing nice with their own products? I mean, does CRM work well with AX or GP or NAV? Well, that's always a... Uh, if you look at the things that uh, what you usually need to integrate with when you deploy CRM and if you are... A, a company of, uh, of bigger size, then you will, of course, have an ERP system there. And uh, then, uh, well, I mean, usually you're not going to choose to buy everything from the same vendor at the same time, but there's going to be these layers of uh, legacy systems uh, in, in the enterprise anyway. And uh, you will need to uh, kind of like anyway maintain the capability to like integrate with whatever ERP or whatever backend system that the customers have there. So from that perspective, uh, of course, it's uh, there are benefits if they are all Dynamics products there, but uh, uh, still sort of, uh, I would say that it's very different than if you compare it to the, the client applications. If you think about, for example, integrating uh, CRM with uh, Excel, for example. So these kind of things that are not so, so customer-specific solutions. I think there's the, the biggest uh, sort of uh, uh, the potential for uh, developing such a uh, great uh, uh, user experience out of the box that it will actually then become a true differentiator for you rather than the, if there would be such a great built-in integration between CRM and AX that you could just take it off the shelf, then yeah, sure, that would, uh, of course, probably give Microsoft some market share but it could never be applied to all the uh, customer scenarios. So that you could be using some RFPs, yes, but then in many cases there will be some buts in there so that you couldn't uh, still uh, kind of like uh, work with that uh, packaged product or that uh, sort of ready-made user experience. 
whereas in the client side, I'm with, with these more, let's say, end-user-focused uh, collaborative tools, productivity tools, then that's a very different game. I think that's where Microsoft should be uh, focusing most of their efforts and like ensuring that, of course, that the APIs are in place and that there's efficient ways for integrating in CRMs and ERPs, but uh, I don't see that as a way how they could then take over markets from SAP or Oracle, for example. So they should really, I think they should focus on the what they do great, and the fact is that they are the only players who serve both the both the business user and the consumers. So that's their kind of unique angle that they have into this business. So uh, I think that that's that's what they should really also be leveraging when they are thinking about uh, how to develop the business services like Dynamics CRM and how to sort of take them to the next level. I I concur with you there because. Uh, the productivity investments make a huge different f- difference for the customers when they are going. I mean, even though you have to make an initial investment for that integration, once you've done that, that's that's pretty stable, and you do changes to it, of course. But I mean, there are not many people using it actively as it is with power bi or excel or integration to sharepoint with there you can store the documents and the OneNote stuff that you told earlier or office groups i mean there are a lot of news there exactly so the end user is never gonna i mean know that what's the brand of the uh, enterprise service bus that keeps the data flowing between crm erp for example so uh, of course so that's a uh, important market but uh, with all the consumerization of IT then uh, it really is the sort of the shiny user interfaces and all these kind of uh, ready-made uh, apps that are also then a big driver for people who are making them the choices about which uh, which CRMs or ERPs to deploy so um, I mean they are they are consumers also the ones who make the decisions out there so it's uh that, that's where the the fiercest game really is uh, at the moment i think if we're trying to leave the the state of crm right now and try to look ahead there has been a a lot of new statements recently about crm 2016 has the new year already arrived well 2016 uh, as a version is not quite here yet but i think that it if you look at uh, from history, then I'm sure that Microsoft will try and push it out before the uh, uh, Christmas holidays. So uh, it's not going to be that many weeks before we might actually have it available already from online. And then it is also going to be then coming to on-premises customers the next year, 2016 version, because that's a major release. So that's one of the once-a-year release packages. So you can deploy it also to your local virtual machine for development purposes and so on. But... Uh, there's still going to be some features, even in that version, that are going to be either specific to online or then in a preview version for online customers only. So it's not going to bridge the gap between on-prem and online, but it's going to bring them close together once again, but still the gap is going to be there and probably it's going to be just growing all the time larger and larger because of the fact how they can, how much they can so easily integrate these different Azure services and other uh, cloud products in, into into CRM online. Yeah, and that ties back to what we were talking about earlier. I mean, they can more easily 
push something out, try it on a couple of percent, see if it works, if there's been any complaints, performance issues and, and stuff like that. And then, oh yeah, this was faster, it was slower, do it like this and always continuously deliver new things. Exactly. So that's uh, the best way for any any product development uh, organization to, to learn really about what the customers need and how the products are working by being able to then do some do these uh, kind of limited preview releases of features that might not be officially supported yet and they don't guarantee that they will always work. But uh, I mean, if you look at, for example, what's now then coming in the same 2016 version, then for, for developers, it's going to be a major uh, change with the new modern web API, for example. And uh, that's something that was already released as a preview version in the SIM 2015 update one, so the minor release for CM Online, but it was in a, in a preview state at that moment, so he didn't yet have all the features needed for uh, the more specialized calls for like uh, manipulating records, and they also didn't guarantee that those uh, that the API wouldn't change then as they get to the final release, so there couldn't be any formal support for it, and you, they were not encouraging you to build any production integrations based on the new API, but they were still able to like make it available for customers and start collecting feedback and uh, seeing that uh, how it works, how, what's the performance like and these kind of things. So as a result of that, it's not, not going to be surely a much better API once we get to the full 2016 release than it would have been if they wouldn't have been able to release it to the cloud customers first, if they had to wait for for the 2016 on-prem version to like really see that if it works or not and if it meets the the needs of uh, sort of modern developers. All right, so that that's a new endpoint, modern web API. What's what's more on the the preview guide or preview documentation here? Well, if you look at uh, then the uh, the front side of things, then on the user interface level, there's there were many interesting screenshots about the the interactive service hub, and uh, that really is going to be, I think, in a way, a preview of the the next generation of the the web client, how the user experience is going to evolve there. So it's going to be more and more, in a way, mobile-like, also in in the components that you use there, and we will have some new new style dashboards that resemble bits of how, how the dashboards are in the in the Microsoft social engagement product right now. So we are seeing some sort of um, sharing of these components also across these different Dynamics products there. So that's definitely one of the things that I'm really interested in getting my hands on and seeing that how the what we can do with the new UI components because again that's that's my field. I don't work with the API. We have developers for that, but then I'm the guy who goes there and configures the UI and makes the the killer demo that gets the customers then to buy the project. So it's very important for me to like get more uh, tools into my toolkit about how to then configure the environments to be such that they they produce the wow effect for the customers who are used to then also seeing the other competing products that's like Salesforce and Lighting UI. I mean, that's it looks very slick and uh, very mobile-friendly. Uh, so uh, I'm expecting that Microsoft will also put lots of investments into that area in the future, not just the 2016 release, but uh, then also then the uh, future versions coming after that. So probably you're not going to be stuck with the same same 2013-style forms forever, but I'm sure that's the next generation will actually arrive a lot sooner than 
it took for the, the previous uh, iterations in the earlier major versions of, of CRM 2011 and so on. And I think that's great. And I'm anticipating more things to be customizable in general. I don't know any specifics here, but uh, in every version, there's been things that you can that you could before develop and you can now customize like business rules was one before where it was first generation that you had if and then you had something to do yeah i'm sure that uh, i mean if you think about for example in the in the mobile client space then we saw that there's now going to be some new custom UI controls available there to be used in the mobile clients. So, for example, you could have these, I mean, if you used any, I mean, iPhone apps, then you know that there's a lot more than just your, I mean, text fields or dropdowns or date pickers. So there can be these uh, sliders or other kinds of like more easier to use with with your thumb kind of controls there. And also then for data visualization in some, I mean, uh, uh, some uh, charts or other kinds of like components that uh, will then show the data in not just a numerical format, but in a graphical way, sort of highlighting the what's important in records there. So that's going to be now also coming available, at least in some format in the uh, 2016 version for the mobile clients. And I ho- hope you can see that those components also maybe in, in the web client in the future, then as those get close to one another. But I think that's a great example of the kind of sort of platform capability that's being uh, developed and made available for people who are doing this kind of more XRM style of uh, CRM deployments. But then at the same time, I mean, we all, all, we've also seen that there's uh, improvements for things like uh, the uh, search features. So uh, we'll finally get some uh, uh, content indexing search from CRM. So we don't have to yet know that's okay, have a single search term that we can use there and then you uh, append it with an asterisk there, but rather have a kind of like SharePoint style of search or in a way Googling for the content inside your CRM database, then that's going to be definitely one uh, feature that uh, all customers would have requested and would like to have in CRM. So uh, that's going to be also an online only feature in the coming version, but hopefully then in the f- future also for the other other editions of time CRM because those things really do make a difference, even though it's not something that you can customize yourself, but the fact that you can the users can then just uh, take CRM and use it as any other application that they use to using a similar kind of search terms, then I think that that makes a really big difference there also in the user adoption space and how much we have to uh, train and support the end users. All right. Any other news that you would like to take up here the, the last couple of minutes of the show? Well, if you still think about what's coming up in the new version, then I'm really... Uh, well, one of the huge asks has also been uh, the offline capability for the mobile clients. So that's another uh, online-only feature uh, in the next uh, version because of the the components that Microsoft is using there from from their clouds for like making that happen. So uh, going to be a really a really big uh, feature to have there. Uh, and uh, another topic would be the. Uh, creation of documents, which again is something that each and every uh, customer who has that CRM, they need to produce some quotations or contracts from CRM, but if you then show them the uh, uh, client-driven word mail merge process and the 21 clicks there, then that's going to be a really big turnoff for the customers, obviously. So 
getting kind of like uh, reaching those kind of gaps that uh, have existed in the product for a long time, then I think it's going to be really exciting for us to like have something built into CRM already and like being able to like deliver on those expectations without uh, making the customers buy any add-ons or be, uh, us building some uh, custom code-based solutions for these kind of simple and very widely needed features. So in that sense, I think that 2016 looks like a much bit bigger release than 2015 was from the uh, feature perspective, but uh, that's kind of how, how it tends to always look now. I mean, there's always so much more new stuff coming that what you have at your disposal. So hard to say that if, how big these releases are, but definitely uh, lots and lots of things there to like explore now once we get closer to the uh, release date of CRM 2016. Yeah, <laughs> and a couple of comments there. I mean... It's a little bit ironic that that mobile offline comes from for dynamic CRM online only. Exactly. <laughs> and the mail merge thing is that's a classic. I mean, the seventeen or twenty clicks that it took to to do that, no users were interested in doing that on a daily basis. I mean, come on. So that that's a finally for me. You were talking about the yeah the the UI controls a little bit more UI friendly, and uh, then there's a new 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 experience for the mobiles too, right? Task based something. Yeah, that's another very interesting uh, preview feature that uh, has been just briefly covered in the materials from Microsoft. But uh, uh, if we think about the mobile use cases, then uh, Sure, it's important for us to have the uh, data offline and being able to like uh, create and edit records for CRM there. But then uh, thinking about how we actually use our mobile devices, then uh, we don't really want a uh, small version of CRM there, but rather we would need a application that would allow us to do perform specific actions with a few clicks. So if you think about, for example, uh, how Uber works in your uh, uh, mobile phone, if you want to get a uh, need to order a taxi via some service, then you need to really just enter the uh, where you are, where you want to go to, what kind of a car you would like to have, and then click on a button and uh, get an order out and then get a confirmation that a, uh, a taxi or other car is coming for you. So I think that this uh, task-based experience is really going to be a, a platform for building that kind of uh, specific uh, process uh, applications f- with the help of CRM, using the data from the entities, but then matching those up in the very sort of tailored UI that shows you only what you need to do and sort of like a, a mini process flow if you would take this BPF uh, construct from the current version and apply that to mobile, then it will step you through the uh, uh, the um, data entry and uh, uh, update the task that you need to do, but you wouldn't have to worry about navigating between different uh, entities in the CR Mini, for example. So I think that, uh, if I understood correctly, that's kind of the the promise and the idea behind this uh, new task-based experience is for the mobile clients. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a limited preview initially, but uh, uh, that could potentially be then the, uh, now when we finally get the offline support for mobiles, then that's going to be the next thing that customers will ask from us, that how, how could we actually make this even more streamlined and uh, make it so that we only have like one or two screens where the user needs to do the data entry and then they can move on to the next next task. So uh, definitely something that will be, uh, I'm sure that it will then come the sort of 
expectation within a couple of years to have that kind of customized uh, micro applications for specific tasks that salespeople need to, for example, perform while they're on the road. Yeah, and and I like your analogy with Uber there that uh, that this is something like I don't want a huge monolithic dynamic CRM application in my pocket because it's a teeny tiny screen anyway. So I want that one task that I do every day, 10 times a day, and I want that to be really smooth and easy, easy to save me that, that 30 minutes every time I do it. So that's back to the productivity saves that we were talking about earlier. So if I think that this is great and uh, I want to read more about this, you had a blog post about the states of dynamic CRM, right? Yeah, so I did a kind of a summary of this, uh, all the news about the new organization changes and also the speculation there about the Salesforce acquisition. So published that in the beginning of July and uh, you can read that at uh, survivingcrm.com. So uh, go there and look for the latest articles that I've we've covered also more details maybe about this about these topics that we've discussed today in this podcast. So where can I find you next? Ah, that's a good question. Uh, I'll be probably working with lots and lots of customers in, in Finland and uh, then be also uh, heading to uh, to Redmond for the MVP Summit uh, in the beginning of November. So again, going and meet, meeting the uh, CRM product team there and saying my hellos and hearing about what they've been planning for their next releases beyond CRM 2016 then. So going to be an interesting fall for sure, not just with the new CRM version, but all the other other projects and uh, upcoming uh, uh, products and releases that are, are always then involving there in the in this uh, sort of Microsoft ecosystem. Yeah. Do you feel that we have missed anything today, Yuka? I think we got covered a huge variety of topics here, and uh, we could probably continue for the next five hours easily, but uh, maybe it's uh, time to uh, give the uh, listeners a break now and uh, then come back maybe to the topic once, once we have then again the, uh, the next uh, CRM version available for us to analyze and think about Okay, what's then beyond this release, and how do uh, the uh, how does the competitive uh, space and the partnerships develop there in in this uh, in the game of CRM? Yeah, I hope you will be back soon. Then. Yeah, thanks. Hope that too. Thanks for having me here again for the third time. It's a great honor. Yeah, and thanks for your participation in CRM Rocks. And thanks to you who are listening. And don't forget that you can subscribe and uh, comment on crmrocks.com. See you next time on CRM Rocks.